Hello, I'm Holly, and welcome to the podcast Spooky Saturday. My friend Kayla and I are here to question the suspicious, investigate the intriguing, and do our best to distinguish fact from fiction. Each episode, we dive headfirst into a topic of choice and find stories, evidence, history, and more to discuss and debate. Join us in earning some merit badges, Spooky Scouts. Now let's begin. Spooky Saturday! What a day. TGI Saturday. Saturday. I was just cleaning all of the birds before we started. (laughs) I was like, I just gotta get clean, just scrubbing them. And now here we are. Man, look at all those chairs. Thanks for coming, everyone, to Spooky Saturday. We, on on the fly, decided our topic this week, which would be fun, because it sounds like we knows, we knows. (laughs) We knows. We knows what we we talking about. We knows. We do knows. (sighs) Yeah, no, we... We we were thinking I've I've watched a bunch of documentaries on this. Um, Kayla was reading a book, but apparently there's a whole bunch of ties to spooky things involving our favorite, the noble, simple, yeah, beautiful mushrooms. <laughs> the mushroom. Now, full disclosure, I have the never uh, partaked in any hallucinogen, so I don't know what taking mushrooms is like, but I have read about it. So, uh, there's a bunch of interesting encounters that we will read about people uh, taking these sorts of things. Before we start, I read, I just, like, before I forget, I read an article where they were just like, are there any doctors around when you do this? And they're like, no. <laughs> they were like, they were like, no. no. I was <laughs> no. like, oh, oh, no. Nope. And that's why everyone, Holly, has never done it, because my anxiety is way too, way too high for that. I have been around one person who took shrooms, and we- Oh, no! Yeah. Well, I took a guy to the mall after he took shrooms, and we went to Forever 21, (laughs) and he got very scared of the glitter floor. Sick. And was convinced that the mannequins were blinking at him. And I was like, well, never doing this. I'm sure, like, maybe some of you in chat have done it. I mean, that's a whole different- We're going to talk about other things, too, not not just mushrooms. I did a little research on ayahuasca, which I just think is really interesting- um, it's Ooh. it's sort of the same vein of people seeing weird, like psychological slash like spooky things in a like in an altered state. So yeah, and ayahuasca comes from a, a plant; it doesn't come from a mushroom. Ooh. But you know, whatever. We'll just talk about it anyway. And also, of course, the amanita, which I also think is interesting, which is the typical like Mario mushroom. Yeah. But yes. yes. Sweet. We were going to start talking about uh, Picard because. <laughs> Because just real quick, I just like just you know, just cur- we're starting with cur- we're trying to get more more organized on this podcast and stream and Picard. We we have like a um a beginning part where you just talk about you know daily goings on, current events, if you will. And uh, we've both been watching Picard, and it just mm-hmm. looks like Mass mm-hmm. Effect. And I'm sorry, but it just it looks like it's just Mass Effect, and I don't have any. And I that's it. No, and and once. Once I realized that, I felt better about it because just watching it and being like, this is supposed to be Star Trek, I was getting actually mad. So (laughs) so I was like, this isn't Star Trek. It's super dramatic. And there's lots of lens flare, which I guess they do now. And they do you notice how they have those shots? Oh, so much lens flare. They have these shots that are like, there was one that I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Because it was like, 
lady at her desk, camera was down, like, really low looking up at her mm-hmm. through the computer screen. Yes, which is what they do in Mass Effect. Yeah, and I was like, I hate this. This is the worst. This isn't Star Trek. Also, the computer screens are orange, which is what they color they are in Mass yeah. Effect. The ship on the inside looks like the Normandy. I tweeted about it and no one cared, but I had to do I it. I cared. Because I was just, yeah, I was like, only I only care if, like, those who are seeing this see it, because I'm upset. Fact. Fact. <laughs> I am on the episode, I think, before the re- most recent one. So okay. he's just gathered his ship situation. So and he hasn't left yet. So I think the next episode is when he like goes full Mass Effect, goes full Normandy. Yeah, it just looks like it just looks like Ma- Mass Effect. Yeah, <sighs> I know. I don't. I just wanted more Star Trek, which like is just what the Orville is, and I just have to. I just have to be honest with myself and just realize that that's what it is. And that's just what it's going to be. Well, and I also feel like this plot, like, I don't know, granted, I am playing, paying three quarters attention when I'm watching it. (laughs) But they're just in a Borg cube, like, piddling around and they don't think that's a bad idea. Did you notice, too, that one of the guys was Hugh? The guy in charge is Hugh? No. Yeah. Yeah, the guy in charge is, remember the Borg that they capture named Hugh? No, I don't remember that. Yeah, they, they captured a Borg in TNG and named him Hugh. And that's the guy? And then- that's the, like, guy in charge. It's and so I was like, bad. Whoa. I'm like, do you, are you telling me, after all this amount of Star Trek, they're like, yeah, Borg Cube, not destroy it. Let's just poke around inside of it. I'm like, no, it doesn't seem I right. Know, especially after, like, synthetics, like, destroy Mars or yeah. whatever. And I'm like, also, I'm like, they're just, it's just the Reapers. The Borg Cube looks like the lighting looks like it. Just looks like it all looks like, I'm just like, stop. It looks like Mass Effect. Yeah. I'm done. I mean, I'm going to watch it because I'm trash. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to finish this. But also it makes me very sweaty because it's like not Star Trek. And also I'm like, I know the Borg thing. I know. the. Why are you in a Borg cube? Like every time there's a Borg episode, I get so sweaty because I'm like someone something's going to pop out of the wall. The Borg's going to come and get you. Yeah. Um, And there was like this weird like, like spoiler alert, I guess, if you care. But there's like this like mean Romulan and his like girlfriend who's like. Data's robot daughter or whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I hate that. I hate this. And, and, <laughs> but like, and like, they have like this like romance thing. Yeah. Like, it's so dumb. <laughs> they're this where they're just like, we were sliding around the board cube. And I was like, no, what is happening? I don't care about this. Oh, also, you're on the board cube. Stop. I, <laughs> I also hate that. And I hate like, as soon as they introduced that guy's sister and they didn't say it was his sister, I was like, oh, no, they're kind of creepy and talking like I know. Like this far no. from each other. They're definitely brother and sister. And then they were. And I was like, why? They talk, they talk no, like I this hate, close I to each that. other. They're like I hated an that. inch from each other's faces. Like, we have to deal with this. You don't know what you're doing. No, and I was like, Femme of Center, <sighs> just, Femme of Center just said, fun in chat. Fun fact, Picard means shepherd and Klingon. <gasps> it all comes together. Oh, my God. Yeah, anyway, that's, I'm done with that. It's just, uh. <laughs> well, we're both going to watch it, so there's, that's all there is to it. I, I, yeah, I'm going to watch it because it's Picard. It was a joke, damn it. Oh. I believed you for a second, Femme of Center. I'll believe whatever he goes. Like, really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know Klingon, so I also believed you. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I was like, that doesn't really sound Klingon, but sure, why not? Eh, if you shout it in a Klingon accent, it would sound Klingon. Yeah, if you just shouted it all. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, just been watching Picard. And that's it, yeah. It's just been, it's been, uh, this looks like Mass Effect. It looks like Mass Effect. Our writers got Our writers got you. Not this time. But yeah, so, I don't know. Do you want me to go, why don't you go first 
with the mushroom stuff because I have a bunch of the ayahuasca stuff and I wanted to bring up some of the Amanita stuff okay. too. So. Well, it'll be a good transition because uh, the book that I read primarily deals with that. But Sweet. another current event thing before we jump into it that's relevant is uh, my friend Lisa got me the Mushroom Tarot. Wow. And I wanted to share that. That's so cool. If you go to mushroomtarot.com, you'll be able to get it. And it's uh, the Major Arcana and then a couple mushroom-specific cards. But they're all drawn as little mushrooms. So it feels it feels appropriate for today. So I wanted to I share that. Can you pull us a card? Yes, can I like can. And, uh, what are we going to get? Let me shuffle it because I think they're all in order. But yes, mushroomtarot.com for if you're listening. So that way you can see all the pretty art. It's very cool, detailed line art. Um, I believe the person who did this primarily does a lot of clothing based on like foraging and mushrooms and stuff. Because I think I have a shirt from there. It's really cool. Let's see. I like it. So we got the devil. Isn't that great? (laughs) Oh, no, it's the devil's finger mushroom. Yep. Ew. And it's the devil. Nice. Great. Great start to That's the a evening. Perfect mush- <laughs> That's a perfect mushroom for that, though. Yes, it's a devil's finger mushroom strangling cockroaches is what the image is on it. So yeah. just so you know. Ew. <clears throat> so great start. 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. I love it. But yes, so. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. So the primary source of my research for tonight was this horrifying book that was published in i think what did i say 1959 yeah it was the 50s which is impressive yeah uh yeah 1959 by andriha puharich um it's called the sacred mushroom key to the door of eternity so i have a lot of bookmarks in it because there were just yeah. so many things in this that are horrifying to me so i'll have quite a few sections i'd like to to share a uh, roxy rondel in chat said mushroom merch from trash coven incoming oh, oh you, you bet. betcha <laughs> you bet we were just talking about that actually anyway sorry i interrupted you i was just excited about mushrooms oh yeah for sure <laughs> so the gist of this is this guy who is involved in a lot of different things including the army and government ended up meeting a young man who who was a sculptor who was very like psychically sensitive um and the main reason he went to go meet this man was because he would do things like in the first ghostbusters film where he would like someone would have a photo or a card and he would like be across the room blindfolded and tell them what it was it made me think of ghostbusters ah. <laughs> like i was like no but when in between when he learned about this guy and actually meeting him, his friend called him up and was like, this got really weird the other night. His friend Alice was her name. And the sensitive, psychically sensitive guy was named Harry. Um, so Alice calls, what's this guy's name? I cannot pronounce it. What did I just say it was? Andriha. Oh, yeah, Andriha. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm butchering it. No, that sounds good. I'm going to call him Dr. A. So Alice calls Dr. A and is like, okay. So we were hanging out with Harry the other night, and we understand that he is capable of doing these things, like seeing these things, telling people things that he's not visually seeing. But something weird happened. I had this object. It was like a piece of jewelry or something. And he, upon seeing it, went into a trance and spoke and wrote in ancient Egyptian. Like he he wrote hieroglyphs and like spoke like whole sentences in ancient Egyptian. Whoa. And he actually ended up describing different things. Like they have a transcript of the conversation. 
where he described like cutting into someone's forehead and mashing up yeah. a mushroom and like pressing it into their forehead to cause them to have visions. And specifically Ugh. when he is in this state, he writes a bunch of hieroglyphs, he says things, and he talks about a mushroom. And he describes it as, he draws a little picture of it, and he says, the spots are white, the plant is yellow. Take the skins off its neck and the white spots too. They will work the same way. The ointment is to be rubbed in the skull on the joints for a trance. And then he draws the skull sutures where they put the mushroom into it. But um, he draws pretty much in uh, that mushroom, an am- amanita. Oh, yeah. That is that. Yeah, that's the amanita. So what he drew is just exactly that. It even has like a little kind of like handkerchief a little, thing underneath the partial, it. it. They call that the partial veil, I think. It's a leftover from when the little thing pulls off. Yeah. Or the top of it. Yeah. Because, and he describes it as yellow because I believe in. There are yellow yeah, ones. Yeah, it depends on where it grows, yeah. but it's either red or yellow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We have a brown one, or like a tan one here, too. Oh, I like yeah. they're different colors. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he described all this. He describes things. It I don't know. I can read it. It's kind of just the way it's written is very creepy. Like, he, he speaks in ancient Egyptian, which I won't read because I'm not going to pronounce it right. Right, but that, that in itself is, is spooky. Yeah. That's... Definitely was on, like, Factor Fiction oh. at some point. Yeah. The episode where they send hieroglyphs through the computer. Yeah. Yes, through the computer, <laughs> and they just show the picture of the pharaoh. Oh, my God. That one's one of my favorites. That is my favorite. I was like, this is the best one. Oh, my God. But he also, in English, describes uh, things that happened to him or that are going on. So, in one instance, he speaks ancient Egyptian, and then he starts going onto the spiel, and he says... I see a hall with a deep opening, and on the left in the opening is a statue. It changes into a person. The person speaks, and then changes back, gets life, moves. I see it many times during the day. I have to have time to meditate long time at night. I know my way so well there, just as well in the dark. It was here you had the drawings, the drawings with the cows and the people with corn in the arms. Why did you take them away? What did you do with the statue? It was there on the right. The base was black, and it had a necklace. My mother and father died when I was little. I was brought up by a man who made buildings, builded it in his mind, and had the others do it as he said. I can see architecture. I was born up there. Your mother writes. And then he wrote in hieroglyphs, which he did this. The guy who wrote this book had these translated. No. Yeah. So it's like very specific hieroglyphs. Well, that one on the bottom left looks like something. Looks like, looks, maybe <laughs> it's looks aliens. Like a, oh. Well, no, it looks like a panesse. Yeah, it does. <laughs> to, to visually describe this to you, it looks like a panesse. Uh, it looks like a panesse. <laughs> but evidently, he what he wrote, um, he ended up calling, the guy who wrote this book ended up calling an expert, <laughs> and they translated it. And it actually ended up being someone from history. And the guy he called was like, yeah, if you were to open a history book, you would know who this was. Like, this is a real person. I think he was a king, I'm pretty sure. See, that's what I always wonder, though, about when someone's like, I channeled someone from Egypt. Why is it a king? Yeah. Why can't it just be like, I was a shit digger? Why can't like, it just be a normal person? Like, I just, like, dug up shit and put it somewhere else, and that was my job. And, like, I died at, like, 15 because, like, I got an infection. <laughs> like, and the antibiotics didn't exist. It's just always a king. Well, maybe they weren't... Important enough to be a ghost that possesses someone would be my, I don't know. 
A poop smith. A poop smith. Yes, thank you, Jack. A poop smith. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Or maybe, like, the king is on a, like, did a ritual that made him immortal or something. That's, this is just, Ooh. like, a D&D quest. Is there a lich phylactery? <laughs> it could be. Maybe he touched a phylactery. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe. Um, could be. But he contacts a- an expert who translates it, and the guy says... They don't necessarily read in the right order. It seemed kind of like a little haphazard, but he ended up saying that, you know, the way it was written, the set of figures would be called a cartouche, but we do not have such a cartouche encirclement here is what he describes, but they do have a branched figure and whatever the words he translated from it, he said means king. And then the reading for the rest of the hieroglyphs is Rahotep. So that means he would have been King Rahotep. And the guy was like, yeah, this is uh, this man was believed to have lived in the time of the fourth dynasty of Egypt, uh, which is approximately 2700 BC. But the the date isn't certain, apparently, because there's unresolved Egyptian chronology, at least in 1959. But the guy was just like, why? Why did you bring this to me? If you had looked in a book on Egyptian history, you would have run across this particular name. And the guy told him he was like. The sculptor just went into a trance and started saying and writing these things. And That's so weird. The guy, the the expert was just like, uh, maybe your friend is a little psychic, but maybe someone in the room had read that book. Mm. Maybe he pulled it from them because this just seems ridiculous. <clears throat> and I mean, and I'm like, that's also like, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's also ridiculous. I'm like, which one is more ridiculous? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. I mean, I are feel we like fighting it out. Like, this is the more believable, yeah, silly thing. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But he does it again. Like the so they he goes and meets Harry. The Doctor A does, and he tricks him into going into the trance. From my understanding, he basically wrapped that same object up in a gauze and handed it oh. to him so he couldn't even see it. He would just like handed it to him just inside something to be like, oh, well, if he doesn't see it, he's not going to know that he needs right. to do these, this thing. I'm just handing him an object. And it sent him into the trance again. And he started talking Uh-oh. about different people, talking about some woman um, talking about making bones soft. And uh, yeah, the author of the book was like, okay, talk about the mushrooms. And he kept trying to get him to talk about the mushrooms. He's like, hey, come <laughs> on, buddy. Like, well, we're here. We're here for the mush. Okay. Yeah, we're here for the mush. We're here for the shroomies. Come on. And they talk about he tries to ask him questions like, does this mushroom take pain away? Do you give it to people who are injured? Is it something that's only for royalty? Blah, blah, blah. And he just kind of dodges the questions. It's very, hmm. it's very crazy. Like, and then they talk some more about taking the mushrooms, rubbing them into the skin. And the thing was, the uh, the doctor understood that this mushroom is poisonous unless it's treated a certain way. Right, and that's if it's an amnita, that is the truth. You can eat uh, amnitas, but like, it's well, like a. Just don't. Yeah, just like, don't the do process the process is like, it can still make you sick. You have to boil it like 10 times or something insane. I read like a whole thing about it. Yeah. I th- and it just was like. Yeah, it's like, it's something with, I think, vinegar and salt or like you can brine them or something. 
Yeah, there's some, like, crazy thing, but... So, like, if it is part of that family, there's a possibility that it could have been... Like, they could have found a way to consume it for, like, ritualistic purposes or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, basically, he asks him, because that's what he's pressing him so far on, because he's like, what the hell? Like, if you would have just ate one of these, you would have been poisoned. So, they start talking, and he's like, what did you do with them? And Harry says that they ground them up. And he was like, okay, did you put something in them? And he says... Tall trees. There was something that came from the tall trees. Palm trees, coconut. And then he asked if he just put them on the head. And the guy was said, no. So it's just a lot of like back and forth where they're trying to figure it out. So the only thing he kind of gleans from it is that it's ground up. Something else is put into it. And there are different ways that they consumed it and different reasons that they consumed it. It could have been a priest. It could have been for pain. Yeah. There was really no one set reason. But they start talking about initiation. Which kind of freaks me out. So it's like all these little windows into whatever trance he's going into imply that whatever involves this mushroom, it was some kind of initiation or some kind of ritual. And I'm like, was this a ritual so that they can enter the door of eternity and transcend time? Because they talk about, he starts asking him like, oh, do is it given to priests? Is it given to people of religion? Is it a ritual? And they kind of narrow it down. And he asks if um, someone he mentions named Antonia was initiated. And he says, yes. And the doctor asks, how was this done? And he says, by opening the door, by stepping in and by leaving. But it was only for them who know. It would be dangerous to say everything one knows, isn't it? I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) Uh, I feel like, like whenever you read stuff like that from these books, I'm just like, Someone just needs to write this down and use it in their D&D game. Yeah. <laughs> it's so scary. Like, you- like, it's so scary. Yeah. So it's just, they, they, and then at one point he just starts, like, babbling about the sun. And he's like, to the west, you know that terrible noise? We couldn't stand it anymore. Terrible light. You said there was nothing that could frighten you. So we went. And then we came back. We heard a tremendous noise, what the sun makes. And he said, what the sun yeah. makes? And the doctor was like, what made the noise? And he said, the sun. I could feel close, but we didn't get closer than we could. It is such a terrible sight, such a terrible noise, such a terrible cloud, such a speed. Things happened. They could look so far. We saw many things, and that is not ourselves. Yee. So it's like... That starts sounding like how the people talk about ayahuasca. I mean, that's like... That's like... Sounds like he's having a trip or something. Yeah. Ooh, wouldn't it be crazy if, like, this is just me <laughs> being, like, a speculative, but what if when these people, like... Ram Barner, please thank you for subscribing for 12 months. What if when these people like had these mushrooms, it opened up a channel between like this guy and like if he had like a mushroom, it like connected their consciousnesses. I feel like that's what this is getting at, honestly. Right? Yeah, it's messed up. Because it's calling it the key to the door of eternity. So I think through these like kind of, I know like reading it, it's kind of piecemeal. Me describing it as kind of piecemeal because he kind of like, touches on little things and right. he keeps like picking at it and then you slowly find out over time you're like oh my god like there was some kind of ritual and these people like Whoa. transcended their physical forms and they were like communicating with each other but not and there's yeah. also like some scary incorporeal things going on well the the tie to that is people say that ayahuasca is the voice of of plants that it allows like the spirit of the plant to communicate with you, and they call the spirit of the plant grandmother. Ooh, what? Right? Yeah. So like w- when like you take it, this like presence or like this this the actual like 
like, I don't know, I suppose like molecules is the plant communicating with you. And they call it, they call it grandmother. So it's like maybe with the mushrooms, it's the same thing. It's some kind of like, I mean, if you think about the largest organism on the entire planet is a mushroom. It's an organ. Yeah. It's a, it's a giant, giant underground mushroom. When then you think about plants in general, like I learned about, I think, oak trees that they will grow near each other and they'll grow far enough to like touch each other and then they'll stop. Like once they touch each other, they're like, okay, that's not. Yeah. Like, how, I don't know. That just weirds me out. Like, I th- I don't know. And then know. all the stuff underground, roots, root systems. Uh, I don't know. That is very scary. But I think that's what it's getting at. I think like being the door to eternity, it's saying like, you take this mushroom in the appropriate way. And you become part of some larger incorporeal consciousness that can transcend time. And you can speak with right. other people outside of time or speak through them outside of time. And you can like connect to other consciousnesses that have connected to this. And I find it very frightening. What if it's because it's all on some sort of like, um, like atomically small level? Like that's just outside of time because it's so small. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, because we don't understand, like, we don't understand that that well, like micro, what is it called? Like mi- the physics of tiny things. Like microorganisms and stuff? No, like the soup, like the, like, um, the, why can't I think of the thing in Ant-Man? <laughs> oh, the quantum realm? You know, the quantum <laughs> realm, yes. What if it's the quantum realm? Oh, the qu- like, quantum realm. Then we get some, yeah, right? It's the Doctor Strange shit. Like, we're just, who knows? <laughs> Anyway, I, these are my favorite things to speculate. We don't know. But, like, is, that would be a really cool plot to, like, some sort of, like, story. Is that, like, someone just, like, eats a mushroom or something and gets, like, the consciousness of some ancient Egyptian. Yeah. Like, I'm like, this ancient is, person. This is dope. Like, I'm like, why <laughs> has no one talked about this? But, yeah, he, he goes into this. He just keeps studying with this guy. I didn't finish the whole book. But Sorry that my only reference, for some reason, that I couldn't remember was from Ant-Man, so I apologize. No, I mean, I understood it. <laughs> I was like, yes. I remember that film. I did watch that. Yes. I know Doctor Strange. <clears throat> Eventually, the Doctor goes back and meets with him several times to try and figure out more about this, what's going on. And he ends up going back one day when Alice is there, the friend that connected them. And he tries to put Harry into a state of, like, tries to hypnotize him. And he ends up Hmm. hypnotizing Alice. And Alice starts spouting stuff. And he said, like, the interview, I'm going to read it to you because it's very weird. Because she she starts, like, going out of it and acting weird. And then she starts writing letters. No. And he's like, hey, what's up, Alice? What you doing? And she just doesn't answer and keeps writing. No. And she writes, um... She writes OST, and he's like, that doesn't mean anything. And then she writes Tyrion, T-I-R-I-A-N. And he was like, what does this mean? And she says, my nationality. And he said, I don't, he was like, that's your nationality? Is it represented? I don't, by this word, I don't know what this means. Could you spell it again? And then she wrote Syrian. Okay. And then they start talking to each other. And he says, are you awake? And she says, no. Did you ever live before? Yes, 1900. Where were you born? Arabia. Are you interested in the sacred mushroom ceremony? <laughs> it's like the most blunt question asked. Are you? The guy's just like, back to mushrooms. Back to mushrooms. Okay. Let's get to the point. <laughs> I know you aren't supposed to be hypnotized, but let's talk about it. And she says, yes. 
And he said, did you know this mushroom in your lifetime? And she says, yes. Uh, was this mushroom known to your country? Yes, Sir in Syria. Where were they found? Aminus, Aminus Mountains, is what she said. And he asks, what species of mushroom did you find? And she says, Amanita muscaria. And okay, yeah. yeah, he asks, what was their color? And she says, red. And where was this supposed to, this was supposed to be here in the U.S.? Yeah, that he's talking to this lady, like, and she's just okay. claiming this one that was, like, not even related. Like, she's friends with the, the first guy, but yeah. never had this happen before. So it makes zero well, sense why this is happening. what's interesting is the Amanita isn't native to the U.S. The Amanita muscaria, the red one, isn't native to the U.S. Yeah. Ours is orange. Those are actually from Europe, and they came here on invasive plants, like invasive trees. Yeah, so she's saying, like, this was 1900 in syria oh interesting okay so yeah because they, they would be common in europe or on that other continent but they're not they were only here once they were brought over on invasive trees yeah so she's so like here in seattle like if you want to find an amanita muscaria it's easier in the city because those are imported trees so you'll see them oh. growing like on city sidewalks here like giant like huge red mushrooms just like on the streets because they're growing underneath these trees that they Probably the were originally imported from somewhere else, or the soil was, or something. That's crazy. Unless they're the native ones, which are a little bit more orange, but it's hard to tell. So, hmm. well, this one she's she's claiming because she's in this trance that she's from like Syria in the 1900s or, or in 1900, and that they were found on the Aminus Mountains and that they were red. And he asks, "What did you dissolve the mushroom in?" And she says, "Sulfur." And, oh, weird. Yeah. He says, what effect did this have on you? And she says, trance. And he said, were you ever successful in getting out of your body during your lifetime? And she says, yes. And then she just says stuff that he's like, I don't understand what this means. Like, she tries to say the word, the term Tobroquane. And he's like, mm. I don't know what this means. Can you... And then he starts asking if she can get a message from someone in Mexico. Like, there's a guy in Mexico he's told about this. And I think he's, like, trying to psychically send messages and he's hmm. trying to find out if this woman can, like, pick them up. And then he asks her questions about the future, which she answers accurately. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he's like, well, will we find this mushroom? Like, will this man, Mr. Wasson, bring back specimens of the mushrooms? And she says yes. And he asks where exactly he's going to find it and when it's going to be found and where it can be found. Like, is it going to be found in the woods? Can it be found under trees? And she answers everything and then writes down that she wants to call someone at 5 a.m. and then wakes up. And that's interesting. So some a couple days, I think, pass. And then exactly what she said happen is going to happen happens. Oh, Geraldo asks, how do you spell what she said? The weird thing she said. Uh, T-O-B-R-O-Q-U-A-I-N-E. There you go. Because, and that was in response to what is, what was the site of infection of the mushroom you prepared? And she says, Tob hmm. Tobroquane. Tobroquane. Uh, Ethereal Enchanter says some spores can survive being in this, in space. So some speculate that they can travel to other planets. Like, oh ours. no. I totally believe that. Don't like I that. I totally believe Don't that. Don't like it. <laughs> that like, because like, it's like how people think that some life on Earth was brought by comets. And like, because the comet, or the meteorite, the thing was comet, the comet melted and that gave us some of the water, which had some of the particles from another blown up planet that like created life on Earth. It makes sense. It's like pieces of planets like flying off are the same sort of thing as spores on a, just a giant scale. I honestly 
really love the idea of space fungus. When I when I ran that Star Trek yes. game with Blue Jay, the I made the villain like a space fungus that was like taking over their bodies ah. and stuff. No, I, yeah, I was like, this is my favorite. Like, let's make this Star Trek villain a fungus that's like that's a awesome. big hive mind because it's a fungus, and the spores can get in you and like make you have hallucinate. It's I love that. My favorite. But yeah, this. I love it. So basically, everything she says, like you're gonna find it in July. It's going to be here in the woods under this tree. And then days later, they find it. Like, that's how it's found. And the guy who found it was not present in the room when she was describing it. Not that he could, like, time that perfectly. He's not going to know when he finds it. But she, in this trance state, predicted the future. So that's terrifying. I find that terrifying. But the whole reason that this guy, uh, the author of the book... The, the Sacred Mushroom, Key to the Door of Eternity. Um, Andriha Puharich, he was involved with the army and the government. They basically, they knew he studied a lot of psycho- like psychological things, telepathy, sensitivity. And they actually, I was telling Holly before the show, they actually tried to get him to set up a psychological warfare division of the army. But they couldn't do Which it. so crazy. Yeah, in the 50s. The 50s, the scary times. <laughs> Seriously, like everything, they're just like alien division, psychological warfare, mushrooms. Um, but they tried to do it and they tried to do it secretly and they couldn't get the funds like funneled the way they wanted it to so no one would know about it. So it just never happened. But they were set to do a division for psychological warfare and they were going to look at people who were like... I don't know, 11 from Stranger Things, I guess. Like, that was the whole thing they were going to try to do. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, they, there's also other programs they've done where they did, like, um, almost like astral projecting or remote viewing and stuff. And they spent a bunch of money having people try and remote view, like, other planets. Yeah. Like, that's real. You can look it up. Like, you can actually find, they, like, release the research and they're like, nah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they wanted. I think the main thing was they wanted it for spying. They were like, if these people, if this guy can stand across the room and someone can hold a photo and he can describe what's in the photo, he could tell me what the someone across the the globe is looking at and like read secret documents and spy on them. Like that's what they wanted Mm -hmm. out of it. And instead he went on this like, like ancient Egyptian trip fun times with this dude. But yeah, it's so crazy. So it's my what I gathered from this is exactly that doing this ritual, consuming this mushroom or like using it as a salve ritually opened a door to some like plane of existence outside of time that connects all the people that have done it. Like it doesn't. Yeah, it's crazy. That's interesting. It's just like, yeah, it's just really interesting. It's creepy, though. It is very creepy. I don't like the idea now of, like, planets being, like, mushrooms and spores and, like, pieces flying off of other planets, and that's how life happens, which probably is right, because it's such a... Because, like, all on the macro scale, everything looks the same, like, on, like, like galaxies and, like, the human brain and everything, like, looks like little tendrils, just like trees. And oh, it's, yeah, I hate that. When you think about the fact yeah. that... I hate that a lot. At, at the cellular, cellular level, things look similar to what you're looking at and like yes oh gosh yeah like veins i hate that Mm -hmm. yeah the brain yep i hate that 
Moros says, my dad speculated that opening the door would unlock telepathy for humanity. Well, apparently aliens can do it, so. Yeah, because a big thing. Everyone talks about aliens being able to be telepathic. Oh, yeah, because that was the big thing in the day after Roswell was that they piloted their ships through telepathy. Yeah. And that's why people couldn't access it. Yeah. I mean, and there's been tons and tons and tons and tons of like people's reports where they almost always even the one the story i have about my mom her like reoccurring dream they were talking to her like telepathically when she like was looking outside and the aliens were like well i mean in her dream she doesn't say they're aliens but she didn't but they were just like oh your mom just has a broken arm and it was in her head it wasn't even like like being told to her it's so scary and she had a bloody nose and then she didn't have the dream anymore it's crazy (laughs) so scary i know yeah, God, the human brain is a fungus. I mean, it looks like it. It's squishy, right? It's very squishy. Um, you could see, I mean, I think about that all the time. The fact that the nervous system or veins or the things running through our body, they look like root systems. They look like just things in nature. I don't know. Right. No, it's awful. It- I hate it. <laughs> it's, it's all, yeah, it's all parallel and regardless of whether or not that has to do with like our the parameter of physics and how like that's the shape that allows things to absorb the most energy which i feel like and like to get the most information out which is why it all looks similar it's still just like really upsetting yeah yeah so that's that's the gist of this book that i feel like if you're interested i think it's worth picking up it's very fascinating to me that this was published in the 50s yeah i don't know it's i didn't finish it there's probably more to it because i think he he goes and hangs out with this guy several times to try and learn more and more and more. And he just keeps finding more weird things about the mushroom and this ritual and who he was. And uh, Harry, the the sculptor, provides him just specific things that happen. Like, oh, you know, we were carrying water jugs this day and we did this and blah, blah, blah. And like the things that he said oftentimes could be corroborated historically but then there's a lot of question oh did he just read a history book and things like that but i think that the the more interesting thing is this connection to that specific mushroom because i'm not sure i mean he had no reason to bring that up he already had instances when he was little he said that he predicted his grandmother's death like he already was saying that he was telepathic or he could predict things he did not need to throw in the fact that oh in ancient egypt i ate a mushroom like he didn't i don't know there's just right. that connector that's very questionable that kind of stands out um and i think that's why he focused on it because it it's also something that comes up in mexico i think it's the i think the same mushroom where they yeah. do a lot of ritual trances so it's just something that they see in in a lot of different th- places yeah that's so interesting so there was one thing I was going to add to this. Doot, doot, doot. So I, I just found like a website just pretty much on Ireland wildlife and things like that. And they talk about the, because the Amanitas, I was, one of the things that I read is that Druids ate the Amanita. And I was like, there's no written history. Druids didn't write down any of their history. So I'm like, okay, where'd they get this? Because it's it's pretty hard. It's like to find, you know some related thing if your culture didn't have a lot of written history so like where's where the historians find this um but just to review it really quick it just says uh fly fly ergic is considered poisonous it belongs to the same genus of fungi as the deadly death cap although it is rarely fatal in fact the name fly er 
Agaric comes from the old European practice of using this fungi crushed, dipped, or sprinkled in milk as an insecticide. Oh. Despite that's so that's where it comes from. Apparently it repels insects. Despite its poisonous properties, the consumption of this species in small amounts by indigenous populations is widely documented. The mushroom contains an assortment of psychoactive and hallucinogenic chemicals and has been used in various religious and shamanistic ceremonies for more than 2,000 years. These practices are particularly well documented for the indigenous people of Siberia, where the mushroom is involved in rituals to communicate with the spirit world. Yeah. So it just, ugh. I don't know. Yeah. And then it says, this is an Irish wildlife site, so it says, closer to home, which think Ireland, there is a popular myth that Nordic Viking warriors used to consume fly agaric to send them into their berserker rages. Now, that's something I've heard before, too. Although compelling evidence for this theory is hard to find, which is also something because I tried to look it up and I couldn't find anything else about it. Another theory, again difficult to substantiate, suggests that Zulu warriors consumed fly agaric before going into battle and that... This, in part, helped them to leave the field victor- victorious after the famous battle against the British army at, is- I can't say it, is, is-, is-, and- is and Luana? Is and Luana? Yeah. Anyway, so it's just really interesting that there's, it's almost like how there's, like, studies, of, or there's, like, images of dragons everywhere. There's, like, some sort of, like, talk of this mushroom, or mushrooms being used as some sort of, tor- like, sort of spiritual connection in a lot of places. Even though there was another article I read where in ancient Greece, they, um, they would, they were more afraid of mushrooms. They were like, as in like, like modern day, it's like, uh oh, don't eat those. Some of them are poisonous. But in Egypt, they're like, these are the best. Yeah. <laughs> eat them all the time. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. So it makes sense, even if that person was talking to someone from Egypt, because apparently people in Egypt were much less afraid of mushrooms. Yeah. I- so. I found a little... Which I find interesting. It's it's the same thing in Mexico. I found an article where this um, researcher... Um, what's his name? Robert Gordon Wasson. He wrote a book also on mushrooms and people using them for rituals. And he talks about, in this little article, he says, When Cortez conquered Mexico... His followers reported that the Aztecs were using certain mushrooms in their religious celebrations, serving them, as the early Spanish friars put it, in a demonic holy communion and calling them God's flesh. But no one at that time made a point of studying this practice in detail, and until now, anthropologists have paid little attention to it. Um, And they ended up actually, you know, looking back at different things and realizing that their sculptures... And they're mushrooms. They're like little gods, but with like little mushroom tops on them and things like that. So, and then there's like illustrations, uh, 16th century illustrations where a man's like eating a mushroom and there's a god behind him who is like speaking through the mushroom to him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that's definitely very common in many different cultures. That's really interesting. (laughs) Conquistadors were the worst. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Well, that that book is really interesting. Um, did you find, like, anyone who else who had read that book and been like, this person's crazy? Or, like, like any other, like, things about, like, like what that person went on to do? Or I'm just curious, like, what their deal is. I didn't. Um, that might be something that I'm going to Google right now to see. Because I found this yeah. at the Bigfoot convention I went to in the <laughs> curated awesome. book section. And I was like, a mushroom? Oh my god, yes. I'm interested. The curated book section. <laughs> it was like this and stuff on like psychic vampires and, you know, 
teen young adult novels about like my best friend's a werewolf but you know that's amazing curated i'm gonna google him and see yeah because i'm curious as to what like what was this guy's deal like what was his job what did he do how did he end up doing this he lived till 1995 he was a parapsychological researcher, medical inventor, physician, and author, known as hmm. the person who brought Israeli Uri Geller and Dutch-born Peter Herkos to the United States for scientific investigation. Interesting. Yeah, your Uri, Uri Geller is a total fraud. He's a He claimed that he was psychic and had all these powers, but he was literally just doing magic tricks. Oh my god, illusions! <laughs> yeah. He was like bending spoons and like floating, but he was a he was a total fraud, and he was proven to be a total fraud and would just lie. So, which is interesting um, that he brought him for scientific investigation. There's a it's so funny. There's a bunch of really funny shows where Yuri Geller would go on, like, and he still he still says that he's like magic to this day. He's just like, yeah, I have magic, and it's like you're just doing proven magic tricks. Like you're not doing magic. Like he would go to like um. Like on talk shows in the seventies, probably seventies and eighties, and be like, they'd be like, move this page with your mind, oh and like it would just he would just be like blowing on it like a little bit, <laughs> and so like when they like yeah, this is funny. Apparently, it's the same with the other guy too that was mentioned, Peter Herkos. What does it say? It says that that guy was like faking thing like ectoplasm with cheesecloth or something like <laughs> yeah cool yeah well you know what yeah. this man believed in them and he tried <laughs> yeah he tried he tried but it's like what's interesting though is he wanted to test he wasn't just believing yuri geller he wanted to test him which is interesting mm -hmm. also oh, yeah it was the it was the amazing randy who did a whole show on like disproving like he's like a really good magician and he did a whole show on disproving people like yuri geller who are more as lying, saying that they're actually magic when they're just they're magicians doing rehearsed like tricks. Well, it does say in the seventies, Puharich Puharich uh, claimed he had investigated the effects of a low frequency radiation beam that the Soviet Union had been testing. Accor ah, according to him, that's no good. Yeah, according to him, the beam was based on the work of Nikola Tesla and could be used as a weapon to control people. He also claimed the beam was responsible for clim climatic disturbances, earthquakes, legionnaires' disease, and violent riots. He, uh, Puharik wrote, Tesla was contacted several times by extraterrestrials. Sick. Sick sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so he wrote about Nikola Tesla, this mushroom stuff, telepathy, a book about Yuri Geller, the Icelandic, okay. the Iceland Papers. That sounds familiar. He edited that. Um, magnetic model of matter, origin of life, art of healing. Uh, interesting. Very interesting. He looks like a very normal, nice man. If you if you Google him, he looks like someone's dad. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, that's what an interesting life this man has led. But yeah, that's that's the the gist of of him. It sounds like he did a lot of crazy things, made a lot of mistakes. He he wrote, studied wrote a lot. Yeah, he wrote a lot. He tried to study different low frequency electromagnetic wave emissions to see if they affected people's minds. Whoa. And he he invented devices that would block out these electromagnetic waves from your brain. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, this all sounds like a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> um this all sounds like a lot. I mean, it's like I feel like I don't know. Like, it's interesting that someone can write a whole book like this, like like that, about all of these experiences and have not, like, a grain of truth in it. But you never know. Yeah. I I think that, genuinely, these 
this guy that he interviewed, the sculptor, did have these experiences. Because I just, I don't know, maybe I'm choosing to believe it. Maybe I'm having faith of the heart here. <laughs> but um, I just feel like there's just, it's too weird that he's having all these connections. He's having all these, and, and it's not just in ancient Egypt that this happens. It's in other cultures. So, I don't know. I choose to believe that this is fact. All right. I don't Kayla know. says it's Kayla says fact. I believe this book is fact. I don't. I don't know how you feel about yeah. it. I feel like everybody should pick it up. I feel like there's something there. I feel like there's something there. But like a similar event did occur. But it's like vague. Like how like when Riker is just like a similar event did occur in on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always and on the like, East Coast. Do you notice yeah. that on Factor Fiction? It They're is. always like. A similar event did occur in Ohio or Maine or somewhere up in the Northeast. And yeah. I'm like, why? Why do you think everybody's it's crazy? Just, I don't know. That's all they do. Oh, my God. Yeah, but it is interesting. And I'm glad you found that book. What is the book called? It is called The Sacred Mushroom Key to the Door of Eternity, which is Whoa, the coolest title I've <laughs> ever heard. I, I mean, as soon as I saw it, I was like, need that. I also <laughs> yeah. I also bought some dumb book on vampires that I need to find because it was like nice. this this is a legitimate coven of vampires and I can't nice. find where I put it but I want to read it. That's like when I was scrolling through like Hulu and it was like mermaids the new evidence and I was like okay. <laughs> it's like the new evidence huh on mermaids? Whoa. Whoa, wow. Oh my god. Did but you- yeah, that's a really cool book. I like it. One more thing that I wanted to bring up to connect back to an older topic was the connection between the Amanita mushroom and fairies, because there's a lot of that in. Oh yeah, like that's that's the big thing is fair, fairies are always depicted with that specific mushroom. Yeah, and the fairy ring mushroom, of course. But yeah, yeah, it's it. I, I found an article that talks about it, and it says fairies are so strongly associated with mushrooms that the Gaelic slang for fairies and mushrooms is the same. Oh, that's interesting. They're called. They're both called pookies. Oh yeah. <laughs> Pookies. Those are in Harry Potter. And it says, a magic mushroom trip has always been said to make the user, quote unquote, go away with the fairies, or someone could, quote unquote, be off with the pixies. That makes sense. Yeah. So I I thought that was interesting. I didn't know if you had discovered any more information on that, but it's the, the, they would just talk about eating it and then fairies. And I'm like, well, yeah, that seems, that seems legitimate. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I mean, I don't know that much about that connection but it's i mean i know the fairy ring thing like we're very superstitious like people wouldn't walk in them and things like that which are also mushroom related so away with the fairies is a phrase that i've heard used before says dum dee dum i had never heard of it before but apparently it means you're tripping balls yeah <laughs> you're away with the fairies <laughs> yeah well yeah apparently that's where that saying comes from interesting so yeah, but it's I mean, that's anything that's like, I feel like that wasn't easily understood in the Middle Ages is going to be associated with some sort of supernatural thing. Like, why are these mushrooms growing in a circle? <laughs> that's fairies. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, uh, gotta ground it in reality. It's fairies or demons. Yeah, exactly. So who knows? It, it's but I love I love the fairy ring mushrooms. Like, there should be a story where those are, like, a portal or something. You oh, jump yeah. In them. That would be cool. Unique- I'm sure there is. I'm sure that exists already. To the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right, Flumpton Bronzebottom. Yeah, they, they were very, very, very uh, anti-Semitic. <laughs> that, was a, that was a thing. Ooh. Oh, I didn't know that Touched in the Head also referenced fairies. Oh, I think... I feel like I've heard that from, like, 
um, a Disney Tinkerbell novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I've heard that term used. They're a bit touched in the head. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've heard that too. Well, do we want to move on to ayahuasca now? Yeah, I don't know anything about this, so I'm actually really interested. Um, so yeah, so so ayahuasca is just bizarre. And again, it comes from South America. Um, it comes from the native peoples of the Amazon. And it has to have a carrier of some kind of tea called it's called like B Kagari, I think. And the the root that it comes from is called char Chakaruna. That's like I'm not gonna say these right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not speaking ancient Egyptian. I can't do it. I'm just it's gonna be bad. Um, but anyway, so the weirdest thing is that you can't just eat these. You just can't just eat the leaves of the plant of the plant. It won't. It won't gives you give. It won't give you the DMT experience that the ayahuasca does. They have to mix it with this certain other plant to get that to make it able so that your body can absorb the DMT in the ayahuasca and have have the experience more or less. Oh, Chekruner says Moros. Thank you, Moros. <laughs> Chekruner. Oh. So it's so it's it like they sometimes think that it was discovered like how like peanut butter cups were discovered like chocolate and peanut butter. Whoa, it's good. They like accidentally mixed their two like plants together and was like, whoa, we can trip balls on this. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know if he, someone figured it out. Ew, strokes for the fairies putting fingers in your brain. I hate that. Ugh. But anyway, they like they considered it like again, a way to communicate with with nature, with plants, with gods and things like that. And that a lot there's been research nowadays, there's a lot more research going on on this sort of thing nowadays than there was like back you know, when people were just going down to South America to trip balls in like the 60s. But apparently one of the universities in Brazil did a bunch of studies on it. And it actually changed, the change in the brain is similar to one that you get from years of meditation. So what it more or less does is turns off your like subconscious, but like the part of your brain that's continually like, and this is all science, like this is actually what it does. Like the part of your brain, but they're still studying it because obviously these sorts of things like obviously like there's that whole like the whole war against any sort of psychedelic so no one could do any sort of research on it which is why just now people are realizing that psychedelic mushrooms are good for microdosing for depression but like they're still trying to figure it out because of a lot a large gap in testing things um but what it does it turns off that part of your brain and then turns on the part of your brain that is um what's it called the, the thalamus, I think, like more or less, it turns on the part of the brain that for awareness. So it brings your awareness part of the brain above and your unconscious brain, it's like calm down. So it, a lot of people that have done it have, you know, get, get rid of a lot of these things that are like long standing depression or anger problems or those sorts of weird issues, which helps. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I hope they didn't go for tapination. That's like putting holes in your head. I mean, they probably oh. did. Oh. Like <laughs> I learned about that from His Dark Materials. So I did not know that chemical that releases though, which is why it's it can be dangerous is it it has DMT, which is the chemical that your brain releases when you die. Um I I did not know that's what DMT was, but I knew that there was like a Netflix movie where it was like DMT psychological tripping. Blah. Yeah, so it's um and it, and of course because it does that yeah and sleep too yeah it's called the spirit monocle molecule <laughs> thank you not monocle oh my god yeah don't let me get into goop like i have so many, so many complaints about goop i just can't <laughs> we do a whole episode on how dumb goop is is that that weird thing that gwyneth paltrow or someone yes, comes up yes. with oh my god yes it's like 
And it's like, so it's because they did mushrooms on an episode. And they're like, well, we're all doing mushrooms. And I'm like, some of these things legitimately help, but like, you're just a hack that's selling psychic vampire spray. Yeah, Stop. it's like discrediting it. Like, yeah, I'm like, these, like, there's a lot of things that are really helpful. Like, people actually are treating their depression with mushrooms. Like, but anyway, I know, she's, it's the worst. Anyway, <laughs> it's so upsetting. Uh, but you can get, so a lot of these things, like, why I would, I feel like, why it's so unfortunate they don't have more medical tests on this sort of thing is because you can get serotonin syndrome, which you can also get from antidepressants, which is, like, more or less overloading your serotonin synapses, your serotonin receptors, and just more or less just, like, ruining yourself forever. Oh. And, like, dying. You can actually die from it. So, no, I do not want to buy Gwyneth Paltrow's dumb cootie candle i just leave it alone she can keep it it's fine <laughs> oh did you see that no Do you know what i'm talking about no, no she sold a candle she lit it i'm sorry everyone i'm sorry i guess we have to get she sold a candle that said this smells like my vagina no <laughs> yes and you know how much it was you know how much it was uh let me guess uh over a hundred dollars no it was 75 dollars. Oh, which is you were close i was very close, close. But i was over and i think that means i lose but yeah, and guess what? They're sold out. No, <laughs> yeah, they're. I get. Sold I bet out. there's just people who just love Gwyneth Paltrow, and they're just like, I want to know. Uh, yeah. Um. Ugh. Anyway, it's really upsetting. If you want to look at something upsetting and just give up, just have a day where you're just like, I give up. I guess. Then just go to go to Gwyneth Paltrow's Coop website. Just look at her psychic vampire spray. Oh my gosh, psychic vampires. And, uh, yeah, and I'm just like, you, the you are a psychic vampire. This, no, no. She is the true psychic vampire. I mean, I love ca- fancy candles, don't get me wrong. Like, not that, ex- like, not like that fancy, but like, you know, aromatherapy's nice. But just call it what it is. Don't call it, like, psychic vampire spray. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. Anyway, uh, yes, Transpan Ayahuasca also has its own mythology. The only thing I really did research into was the grandmother thing, though I've also, I've listened to, um, like, a bunch of podcasts and things that talk about paranormal stuff, and they've touched on how Ayahuasca, um, really bizarre, and this was what I was telling you earlier, Kayla, it gives people really bizarre hallucinations of, like, robots, like, alien stuff, like, technology and, like, weird, like, spaceships, like, all kinds of things. <laughs> it's okay, Wizard it's good. It's funny. Goop is funny. What is the oh. so? Is that would the theory there be that aliens have tapped into this like alternate reality, and therefore people are tapping into it by accessing these maybe. tools? Yeah, and it's like the quantum realm again. Like maybe it has something to do with these things on a molecular level. You know, I had a friend um, a long time ago, and this friend like. This friend did like way too many drugs. I was like, no, no, so you're dan- you're putting yourself in danger. But he always told me interesting stories, and um, oh, I can't remember the the thing that he did because I was like, I worked with him, so I would just like hear these stories. And one of the ones he did was um, oh, salvia. And I again, I've never done any of these oh. things, but he was telling me that that he would every time he would do salvia, he would hear an old woman's voice telling him to leave every time he did it, and so he stopped doing it because he was too freaked out. Like, oh, no. Yeah. No, no, no. No, 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 no. That's horrible. No, I know. Isn't that? That's, yeah. That's terrifying. Oh, Transman said the machine elves are really only associated with the tripped means. Yeah, machine, they're like machine elves or something. I don't know. But it's, yeah. Machine elves? Yeah, like, they see, like, 
like, like again, like technological things that people have compared to that, like things like aliens or like, like technologically advanced societies that are trying to talk to us through like this mic, like again, like the, the quantum realm. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I don't know. This is very scary. That's I just only don't... with like DMT. But like, I feel like, like the grandmother thing that made me think of my friend's story who was ha- taking salvia and someone it sounded like an old person was like, you need to leave. And I'm like, oh no, it's grandmother. <laughs> Grandma, no. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> no, no judgy. Whoever wants to do this thing, just make sure that you're safe. That's, that's the thing. And that's why I think it's so unfortunate that we haven't studied these things in a medical setting because if you're, if you read about a lot of the, like one of the articles I read was this guy's experience doing ayahuasca and it changed his life. But like in another article I read, it was like, oh, and these were all articles from like New York Times and stuff. So they were like big media outlets. But in another one, it was the same sort of thing where they were like, do you have any doctors present while you're doing this? And they're like, nope. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, you should have a doctor there. Like you, like, I just, just, you know, just, I think it sounds like a really great like mind open experience might help mental health and stuff, but I just wouldn't. Uh, I just wish that there was more controlled places for people to do these sorts of things. Like, yeah, because people are going to do them. Like you're gonna, so, I know, and it's like, and it's like you're gonna hand me like Xanax and a bunch of like antidepressants, and like those are dangerous too. But we've regulated those. Like we've regulated those synthetic substances. So like, why can't we do that with something like mushrooms, which while which is helping people by microdosing? It's this. It's still this. We still get them from, you know, plants and the earth. I don't know. It's probably because pharmacies want to make money and the man won't let it happen. 100%. The man. The man's like, oh, mushrooms can help with depression, but we make lots of money off this because of Xanax, even though it causes Alzheimer's. (laughs) It's it's true. It's I I 100% believe it is because of pharmacy and like pharmacies in our healthcare industry. Like it's it's a it's a problem yeah. the man is a problem yeah i think it has to do with the pharmaceutical companies is my only guess same reason why we don't have like more electric things it has to do with the oil companies i'm not surprised the world's falling apart let's all be preppers i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's interesting i i do want to watch that dmt thing on yeah. Netflix. I've, I've only seen it advertised and i was like what yeah i probably i haven't watched that one either but it probably talks about um I'm sure it talks about ayahuasca because that was that's one of the most common ways for people to do DMT, though. I've heard there's like other ways to do it, like that they actually now will put it in a vape, which I'm just like, please don't mess with that. That's already bad. Oh, my gosh. Like, (laughs) don't so bad. I know it's bad. But like people, I don't know, people will do drugs. And that's unfortunate. But that's the thing is, again, there's no research done on these things. So people are doing bad things. Don't do that. (laughs) Like. Don't touch that. What's, yeah. What's <laughs> the name of the DMT thing on Netflix? What's it called? Gosh, it's... Um, is it called the God Particle or something? Because I feel like I watched... The Spirit Molecule. The Spirit Molecule. D- Whatever. DMT, the Spirit Molecule, made in 2010. I remember because, like, a friend that I don't talk to anymore was just like, we did DMT and we watched this thing on Netflix. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, I wish I would have paid more I ha- attention. I'm sorry, I have watched that documentary, but it was a long time ago, so I didn't remember. But that's a great documentary that talks about ayahuasca and DMT. Oh, I'll have to watch it. I remember I had the option to watch it one night, and I watched Pumpkin Chunkin instead. Yeah. So that's that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, it's real enchanter. Like, I hope that people decriminalize mushrooms, because I feel like they've been finding more benef- they've been finding more benefits from them than they've been finding 
setbacks and honestly antidepressants have way have so many side effects like and they're so they're just so bad like i've taken so many different antidepressants and each of them has like its own version of hell (laughs) like yeah i mean a lot of medicines are like that and i wish like I have an autoimmune disorder, and the medication I'm on, I'm pretty sure, has caused me permanent nerve damage. And I'm permanent what damage? It. Nerve damage. Oh, I thought you said it, it cut out right when you said blank damage, and I was like, "What kind of damage?" Wait, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I think it's ca- I'm, I'm, which is a side effect of it. It can oh cause nerve damage, and I've I've noticed that like sometimes I have uh, tactile sensations for no reason. No. So, um, and it's like a medicine that is supposed to help, but it honestly makes your body worse in a lot of ways that's terrible and i wonder like if we could research more natural things or if we could research different things that aren't going to destroy your body where we would be yeah well and i do there has to be some like again there has to be some tie to this for the fact that so mushrooms also we've so a lot of mushrooms we haven't learned how to cultivate but we have learned how to we know how to cultivate the psilocybin the mushroom mushrooms, like hallucinogenic mushrooms. We know how to grow them. So it's like, if that helps with people's depression, and all of a sudden these things you can grow in your house helps with depression, well, the pharmacy companies are screwed. Like, they're not going to be selling Xanax all the time. They're not going to be selling Prozac because people are going to be getting, you know, they could medicate themselves more or less if they turn out to do research on it and it's safe. They're Yeah, they're basically free. So it's just like... Of course, they wouldn't want that to happen because then they're going to. And I'm sure that the medical, like the money that they make off of antidepressants, is astronomical. Like I can't even. Imagine. Oh, for sure. But like that's that being said, take your antidepressants because I'm on antidepressants and they help, and you should do it and listen to your doctor. Yes. But it take would your pills. be yeah, take your pills. But it would be great if we could find a way for people to get mental health help cheaper and safer and with less side effects. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I actually was not familiar with the the usage of like mushrooms for the benefits for depression. I was not aware. Really? Of that. Yeah, yeah. No, I knew. I know people like I have a couple artists I know who actually like use the microdosing for their depression. They said it was like super helpful. So that's really interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting, and it's just and again, it's there's a it's because it took us years. To, like, get past that whole, like, Reagan, like, war against quote-unquote drugs. And it's like, and we, st- and now we have a horrible problem with opioids. So, how, how'd that help, Reagan? Yeah. How you doing about that? Because yeah. now everyone's addicted to Oxycontin. And that's given to them by doctors. So. It's true. And then the, the medications that we're given, they cost too much money. And a lot of people can't afford. Oh, they pay tons of money. for them. Like, the doctors that abuse their their license make millions. I watched just a documentary on that too. It was awful. Oh, and the healthcare industry? <laughs> yeah, no, it's terrible. Yeah. No, so the weirdest thing about psychedelic mushrooms is a psilocybin is a controlled substance. They're working on, you can't, I don't know this for a fact, but I think it's like marijuana where like it's very hard to overdose on mushrooms. Like oh. it's not like, it's not a synthetic. So it's not a drug that can like, it's not like an like opioids which kill hundreds, thousands of people a year. Or like like heroin or like anything like that that's incredibly dangerous. It just is sort of like marijuana. So it just makes you trip. And I guess that's it. But unfortunately, because they lump all of them together, they don't. That's why they don't do research on it. Even though like half of those medicines came from them doing research on it and realizing like, oh, like again, like OxyContin is like practically is pretty much heroin. But they prescribe yeah. it. It's a pre- it's a prescription. It's just like, yeah. 
I don't know about if mushrooms are addictive or not. Again, I don't, I don't haven't partaken in any of these things, so I'd have to do more research. But I just know that it's that they're not dangerous or as dangerous as like synthetics, like oxycontin and things like that that become and meth that become like incredibly addictive. But yes, it's just yeah, it's just interesting that something like that becomes um yeah oh yeah and that like they knew that oxycontin was super addictive yeah in this one documentary. I watched the dude who like worked at the at the pharmaceutical company that was selling OxyContin and he was like he looks right at the camera and they're like do you think this drug is addictive and he's like no <laughs> like, uh, like it literally <laughs> no. kills people like it's just like yeah it's just yeah I, it's just it's really upsetting yeah I can't imagine that mushrooms are addictive I mean I think anyone can have an addictive personality which again if all of this was like on, on the level and like actually researched and actually studied and we knew more about it, that would probably be safer for people that had an addictive personality. Maybe they'd find out that maybe it actually helps that. Like almost like um like again, like anxiety medication helps people with OCD or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's I mean, they'd rather just give you something like Xanax, which they've literally discovered causes Alzheimer's, and just tell you to go take a nappy. <laughs> like, I honestly did not know that about Xanax either. This is how well tuned in I am to things. That's horrifying. No, the Xanax and Ativan have been are now proven to have, that they will cause Alzheimer's. Like it's they're just like yeah. Like I went to, when I went to the doctor. Like um, actually it was when I was in the hospital because they gave me Ativan when I was there for like a week. It wasn't like it was mm-hmm. like shorter than a week. It was almost a week. And they were like yeah, like you know. We're giving you this because you're in the hospital, but, like, don't – once you get out, like, you shouldn't be taking Xanax. You shouldn't be taking Ativan because, you know, they've discovered that they actually cause Alzheimer's. And they instead, they gave me hydroxazine, which is an antihistamine that also that helps you, like, calm down after panic attacks. But all of those oh. – yeah, I know. Interesting. But now all of those have been, you know, just uh, – I know. I've t- Don't worry, Sappy Duter. I've taken plenty of Xanax and Ativan. And uh, Alzheimer's also runs in my family. So, you know, but yeah, and it's addictive. Ativan and Xanax are both extremely addictive. It's just like, mm-hmm. ah, that's awful. So you're just, you're just set up to have problems. I know. It's, I don't know. I don't like talking about like the healthcare industry and medicine makes me so mad because it is. It's I know. like the medicine I'm on that's supposed to make me not in pain could potentially cause nerve damage, could give cancer no um, could cause liver failure at any moment it's like okay <laughs> i know yeah Great. anyway sorry my my like my psilocybin talk and my dmt talk like just devolved into healthcare needs to step up also well like stop giving us poison it's related because like like you said mushrooms there's microdosing to treat depression. Yeah. They're, you know, it's a natural remedy to a problem that's being treated with synthetic drugs. Yeah. That is not being accessed. Well, and I and I feel like if a lot of these people going to have these, like, again, these ayahuasca experiences or these mushroom experiences and things like that, and they do it in a safe environment, and they do it where they can, you know, get medical help, again, which I feel like should be important, then I don't think it's going to hurt anyone. I think it would help them. But it's at the same time, it's like, how are we supposed to know if it's going to hurt or help people if we don't have the research on it? Yeah. So just stay safe, kids. Don't do drugs. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, I just wish that we could be more open about the research of these things. And also, no one knows anything about mushrooms. Like, mushrooms are so understudied. Like, we barely, like, we barely even know if there's a new species. Like, I went to the um, Seattle Mycological Society meeting 
last week, I think. And, like, it was just, like, like, they were talking about a citizen science project where they all went, like, over, like, a couple years or something, they went and studied this one trail. I think it was the Bridal Trail here in Seattle. And studied all these mushrooms on this one trail. And, um, like, they were discovering new species. Like, this, like, new entirely, they had to test all the DNA of these species because they were totally different species. And they were telling, like, telling us all about, like, all of the different mushrooms they were finding and how so many of them were different and some, like, might have come from Europe. And so it's just, like, so someone literally could have walked over on that trail with a spore from Europe on their boot and that's how the mushroom got there. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And they were literally, like, showing the DNA streams where I was like, this is too complicated for Holly. Like, I'm going to go back to looking at my book on dying mush- things with mushrooms. <laughs> but it this was too deep. Yeah, I was like, ah, it's too deep. But it was still really interesting. And it's like, one, I, I mean, the genetic diversity in plants and mushrooms is so immense that we haven't even barely touched the surface and we're just bulldozing the rainforest and we like don't even know it's there. So uh, what is the, are there any ramifications to these invasive fungi, like getting into ecosystems that they're not naturally supposed to be in? Or is it since they're just all fungi, is it like fine? Did they talk about that? Cause I'm curious about that because it is so easy for fungi specifically to just like spread. Right. You're talking about like the Amanita from Europe and stuff like that. Yeah. Like when invasive fungi like kind of go to other countries or other ecosystems that they're not supposed to be in yeah i don't know they didn't really talk about that i mean it's there are a lot of like diseases like fungi related diseases to trees and plants and all that kind of stuff but i they didn't really talk about invasive ones but um, that's interesting to me yeah yeah i'm not sure wizard of d said that all the chestnut trees in america died from fungi which is fascinating oh wow yeah yeah, so there are definitely problematic ones, but I was wondering, like, specific, I guess, like, the Amanita, is it just a different color, or is it different in another way? I don't think it's, um, like, I don't think it's invasive in, like, how, like, some plants are invasive, like, Arundo in California, like, chokes out the waterways, or, like, Kudzu, which I think is in the south, but, like, I, it just seems to be that they just appear and just go away. Like, I don't think that there's enough that they're, like invasive enough and how they are like at least like those fruiting mushrooms like i think the ones that can spread to trees like again like um like the powdery mildew or things like that like those are probably still dangerous but i don't know if they're invasive i know that white nose syndrome oh for the bats fungus Yeah. yeah so that's one that's one that always comes to mind when i think about stuff like this which if you're not aware there is a fungus that affects bats called white nose syndrome and it kills them and it's very sad that's so sad that's so sad. They'll be like hibernating. Yeah. They'll be like sweeping and sweeping. it'll because they sweep upside down yeah. and then the fungus is on the nose and on like yeah. the tips of their wings and then they end up dying. Yeah. Oh yeah. We could go like a whole another hour on like the fungi that just like kills things. Like and like oh, yeah. possesses insects and stuff. That's a whole other episode. Like <laughs> that's just that's just like realistically scary yeah like, that's there's just, nothing that's, to debunk there that's just horrifying no no that's just spooky saturday let's just learn about how spooky nature is okay goodbye <laughs> all right go go to sleep now yeah but this this was more on like this time i feel like we were more talking about like the the idea that like mushrooms are supposedly some kind of like gateway to another realm or like a way for people to talk to people from another time or something yes and like i guess exit your corporeal form and travel potentially and spy for the government etc yeah exactly yeah don't 
don't worry, we can do more mushroom episodes later if everyone needs just, like, fodder for their horror stories. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, the biggest mushroom is an organ. Like, it's under the ground. It's huge. They said it weighs, like, like something like a billion tons. Or I don't even know. Some crazy, it weighs, it's, like, giant. It's the honey mushroom. And, like, when it comes up, at, like, just Google the honey mushroom and organ. It's the biggest living organism on the entire planet. Like, it takes up, like, half the state of Oregon. And you can't see it because it's underground. Oregon humongous fungus. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that term. The largest terrestrial organism on the planet is a fungus called Amaryllis solidipes or honey fungus. The largest fungus identified in North America is an organ. It measures 3.4 miles across. Wow. It's three miles across. That's awesome. That's that's really awesome. And, and also scary. I know. And awesome. it's underground. So... It's also, it says oh, that it's, it's 8,650 years old, which would earn it in a place among the oldest living organism as well. So maybe if you could tap into this fungus's consciousness, you well, could I'll be messed go back up. in time. Or you could write a really cool story where it like becomes sentient and starts just like making its own like fungus people and killing everyone. Wasn't uh. that a video game? I think it was a video game. Yeah, it was, it was about, like a second ago, <laughs> I was going to call it Left Behind, but yeah. that's not it. It's... <laughs> Um, oh but God. it says this fungus, uh, ostea, causes amaril- ama- amylaria root disease, which kills swaths of conifers in many parts of the U.S. and Canada. So this fungus actually kills trees. So it grows primarily on the roots via hyphae, fine filaments that mat together and excrete digestive enzymes. It says that if it were to be all, the like scientists calculate if you could scoop it all up and pile it together... It would weigh at least 7,500 tons and no. maybe up to 35,000 tons, which is the weight of more than 200 gray whales. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, and it's in Oregon. It's just, it's Oregon. just right You gotta go the... visit it. Go just, talk know, to I it. <laughs> and then she was never seen again. Go communicate with it. Yes, The Last of Us. That's that video yeah. game. I played that. I think the second one's coming out sometime soon. Hopefully it's about this crazy big mushroom in Oregon. Yeah, maybe that's the, that would be a good plot. Like, they try to kill all these fungal zombies, but really they gotta go for the brain, yeah. which is the Oregon fungus. Yeah, the, the biggest, the largest living organism on the planet. Yeah. So anyway, fun facts. Fun facts. So yeah, that, that's that's what we got this time about mushrooms. I hope it was good for you guys. Finding out about how the health industry sucks, but there's some fascinating <laughs> things about mushrooms and also spooky things. The health industry also scares me, so there's that. That's true, yeah. Yeah, let's do some stories. Story time? Anyone send in their fact or fiction stories this time? Yes, we have a few. I can start if you're you're ready. I am excited, yeah. It's time for fact or fiction. We will be reading chilling tales submitted from the community and guessing, are these fact, fiction, or somewhere in between? Use your best spooky scout skills to determine the truth. Do you have a scary story to tell? You can submit them to us at SpookySaturdayStories at gmail.com to have them read on the show. Just make sure to include if they are fact or fiction and your name. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready and I will begin. Okay, story time. This one comes from Dan, aka the Villain 76 The village where I live is dominated by a large medieval church that commands the view of the area from the top of the hill. Parts of it date back to the 13th century, and it's likely that there was a building on the site even before that. As you might expect, there's plenty of stories and rumors about ghosts and the like, but I'd never experienced anything strange until one night back in the 90s when something truly bizarre took place. It was the middle of winter, 
and I was walking home after spending the evening with a few friends. The shortest way back was through the graveyard, and this was a route that I had taken many times before, so I didn't think too much about it. It was a dark, cloudy night, and I was wrapped tightly in my coat and scarf to keep warm. I was making my way along a path between two large yew trees when something caught my eye in the gloom ahead. I stopped next to one of the yew trees and peered into the darkness to try and make out what it was. There's a row of pine trees along one side of the graveyard, and standing against one, I could just make out what appeared to be a shadowy humanoid figure facing away from me across the fields. I stood there for a moment, trying to decide if there really was something there or not. Suddenly there was a screech like an owl, and the figure spread what looked like a pair of black wings and swooped up into the night sky. Yeah. I tried <laughs> Muffin. I tried to follow its trajectory, but it was too dark to keep track of it for more than a few meters before I lost sight of it. It's hard to explain how I felt. There was kind of an unreal feeling about the whole situation, and I just stood there for about twenty seconds, trying to make sense of what I just saw. It then occurred to me that I might actually be in danger. And I don't mind admitting that I got scared and ran for home. What did I see? A UK mothman? A dark angel? Or was it just my overactive imagination? Whoa. What do you think? Fact or fiction? Ugh. Hmm. It could have been a big spooky owl. I know, right? <laughs> a horrifying barn owl. Yeah. Just like, Rah! What do you guys think in chat? Well, spam your fact or fictions. Yeah, spam, spam. I see some facts. Ooh. Couple fictions. What do you think? Mm. Oh, TK says fiction. Lurking. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know. I feel like that, like something like creatures like that are easy to see and we misidentify maybe as animals. So I'm going to try and save that. Maybe it was an animal. Okay, let's see. This one's fiction. No! A similar event did not occur. No, the writers got you. <laughs> we got you. Dan clarifies, the church near me is real, though, and I used to play imaginary D&D around the graveyard as a small child. <laughs> That's pretty sick. Sick. That's pretty sick. Oh, my gosh. Um, really quick, just because I feel like I got got, we need to have a Frakes. So, oh, yeah, you a did freaks. get got. <laughs> here's a Frakes. We got got. I love him. He's so pure. <laughs> I want to find the fiction one. So, oh, good. So we can, every time we do a story, we can just do one afterwards. Fact. Oh please! <laughs> I love I love that calendar. I got that no, calendar. No, the calendar and I, so like, good. Every time I look at it, I just kind of like scream a little because it's so pure. It's all the best episodes. I know the one from this month is just like him going like on the calendar for February. Is it the one? Is it is it the is it the one where he's in the chair and he was like, yeah. or did our writers go yeah, south yeah, on yeah, this one? Yeah. And then he smiles like. Uh, I know I only have the fact frakes from the center. We'll get the other frakes eventually. Um, collect all the frakes. Correct, collect it all. All right, is this, did you send me? Mm -hmm. Okay, sweet. This is a short one, but it looks good. Hello, it's Moros. <laughs> Hi, Moros. So many years ago, I was walking home at like one in the morning. I had to walk along this dark, long road with few streetlights next to a graveyard. It was foggy, so my anxious mind was playing tricks on me. Like every time I looked over my shoulder, I expected Slenderman to be there. I eventually stepped into the graveyard itself to compose myself and calm down, but it was while I was trying to meditate, I heard a little girl's laugh from behind a nearby gravestone. At that point, I was severely spooked, so I finished my prayer as best as I could, and I took off down the street. Oh no! And that's it. Did you hear creepy little girl laughs in a graveyard? <laughs> Have you ever heard, Have you ever heard a small <laughs> child laugh? Have you ever heard a small <laughs> child laugh in a graveyard? <laughs> Have you ever ridden a bike? Have you ever been have to you, a graveyard? Have you ever murdered a man? 
But what of the haunted barbecue lid? <laughs> yeah. But what about the barbecue lid? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say fact. I, I feel like that graveyards are the supreme place for little girl laughs. Well, you got it. It was yeah, real. Yeah, this similar event did occur. Got you, Frakes. Fact. Also, that's really scary. And F that. <laughs> I, that's not okay. Little kids are scary. Like, graveyards are scary, but little kids are scarier. And a hidden little kid would upset me just as much as a graveyard. I'm sorry I had to deal with that, Mor- Moros. It's fact. I'm, I'm sorry that you had to hear a small child laugh, right? which is my true fear. My one fear. <laughs> Your one fear, yeah. I'm like, TK, stop. TK said they've never laughed harder than when I visit a graveyard. I believe it. It's Back. like just you and Chris Perkins hanging out there, probably, just, like, laughing. <laughs> laughing, like, sinister. No. Uh, Chris is the best, don't. but when I moved to Seattle, he, like, brought me, a, like, a very sweet, like, housewarming Halloween present, and then, like, looked straight at me and was like, did you know you're very close to a graveyard? And I was like, no, <laughs> I did not, but I know now. Thank you. Turns out- Did you know? That's true. Fact. <laughs> Did you know when the uh, zombie apocalypse happens, you're probably screwed? Yeah. Fact. Fact. Oh, man. All right. Next, next. Tell me when you're ready for the next story. I am ready when you are. All right. Story time. All right. This one comes from Sappy. The other morning around 6 a.m., I woke up because my house was rumbling and there was a loud buzzing noise. There were bright white lights flashing outside my window. They were so bright that the light went through my blinds and curtains that were closed. My Google Home in my room would not respond when I asked it to turn on my light. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, no. I st- oh, no. Google Home has failed me. Uh, I stood up and looked out my window and saw this weird looking thing above my neighbor's house across the street. The lights were flashing. I just watched as it hovered and then flew away. I went back to sleep. And when I woke up again, I thought it was a dream until my brother told me he saw it as well. Whoa. That's it. What do we think? Ah. Ah, sorry, I pushed the wrong button. <laughs> ah, ah. Um, I don't know. I mean, the fact that the Google Home didn't work. That's <laughs> that's the true horror. Oh, no. How am I supposed to play my MCR from the kitchen and the living room if the Google Homes aren't functioning? Yeah, right? How am I supposed to play my jams? <laughs> um, Ooh, there's, there's a lot of fact yeah. in the chat. What do you think? I'm going to say, I'm going to say fact, because we all know technology can't be trusted. Well, our writers got no! you. No! This Losing one's not so true. Much. Damn it. <laughs> I'm just going to believe it all. <laughs> I want to believe. Just always say the same thing and you're going to be right sometimes. It's fine. I want to believe. I just want to believe. Um, Sappy clarifies, like, uh, this is fiction, but it is based off of true events. Everything happened, except it was the salt truck going down the road, and it woke up with myself and my brother. That has happened to me, because I don't know if Seattle has the capacity to have salt trucks, but- No, um, we do not. They they have, like, bright flashing lights on the top of them, and they're super loud. Mm. So I could believe that, that you would just be like, ah, ah. That's fair. <laughs> it's UFO. That's fair. We do have, like, just wayward people wandering around at night, oh, which is weird, but fair. that's just... That's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Great, great, great. So those were our three stories, our three tales of... Yeah, remember, if you have... Fact or fiction. If you have stories of your own, please send them to spooky Saturday Stories at gmail.com. Yes. Specify if they are fact or fiction. And make sure to say who you are so we can say on air or not if you don't want to. 
Um, but make them up. Yeah, exactly. Make I have my true, own but- uh, fact or fiction story I can tell. <gasps> Ooh. If we would like to end on that note. Yes, please. <laughs> trying to think. I have so many. I'm trying to think of which one I should tell. Because I, I want to get us to start telling a couple once in a while, too. Just like our Oh, own, yeah. I'm down for that. Fun. That would be awesome. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. So when I was a little kid, my dad used to work at the um, high the hospital. He was a he was a house painter, but he painted the hospital. So he painted um like just just pretty much anywhere that needed to be painted in the hospital. Eventually, he started working at the Twin Towers Jail in downtown Los Angeles and painted the jail. So he was he was oh. a construction worker, but he did like weird, interesting things like that. So he ended up teaching criminals how to paint houses and like helping them get union jobs and stuff like that, which. I was surprised. I was like, good job, Los Angeles. You're trying. You're trying. Um, but anyway, so he worked at the Kaiser Hospital in Fontana, which is, don't ever go there. <laughs> it's a rough place. It's just a Southern California, like, suburb. And uh, he was telling me one time that he was painting on the roof. And, you know, he painted on the roof all the time. Like, he would always be on different parts. And they had scaffolding and things like that. Like, um, like there's just, it's not uncommon. For them to be, like, up on the top of the building. And uh, my dad, he was just painting. He was just painting one of the, like, probably, I think he was painting one of the, like, like, uh, boxes, like, air conditioning boxes up there or something. Like, and he backed up and he started falling off the roof. Like, he actually started just to fall off the roof and he felt two hands on the back push him forward. And he actually fell forward and just, like, fell down and he was going to fall off the roof, but he didn't because he felt someone push him forward. And he said that it was angels. <laughs> um, I don't know. He about said that, it was buddy. angels. So I don't know. Was it fact, fiction? Or was my dad telling me the truth? Is am I telling you the truth? I think that your dad thinks it's real. <laughs> I think gravity assisted him in that moment. No, he said someone pushed him. Ah, uh, I don't know, or a ghost. I think it was a ghost. I don't think it was an angel. No, I mean, my dad also thought he saw Jesus in a strip club black bathroom. So, I mean. I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he just <laughs> That one's fact. <laughs> he did see Jesus in the strip club bathroom. He did see Jesus in that strip club. But no, the, that story is, is true. My dad did almost fall off a roof and something or someone or a ghost. So he felt something push him, push him down. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I have another one. I have another really good one. Okay. I forgot about this one. This is messed up. I hate this one. This one's Ooh. really messed up. I forgot about it. Now, and my dad's, he's not like, my dad's not like, I'm going to say he's not like the brightest crayon in the box sometimes, but he's not a liar. Like, he won't, he doesn't lie. So these are, so rather he, but he does get high and drunk a lot, but not at work. So like... <laughs> So these are all parameters that I factored into hearing about this story and was like, okay, where are we? Okay, we're at work. All right. Already up here. Um, so here, this story happened at the jail, which the jail has a lot of creepy stories because- Oh, I'm sure. It's like more so even than the hospital. Like people die in the hospital all the time, but the jail is dark. Like the jail's bad, especially the, the Twin Towers downtown. It's actually one of the most populated mental health hospitals in the entire country is the Twin Towers oh jail gosh. in downtown Los Angeles because they keep all the criminally insane there because they have nowhere for them to go. So uh, one time my dad was in his classroom and they were painting, I think they were painting the floor, they were painting the floor. And I don't remember if it was they were mopping the floor. I'd have to have, to have him tell me the story again, but they were painting the floor 
in this one room and um he had like but you know what you do like when you like paint a floor and you like go uh, like into one corner and you more or less paint yourself into a corner and like you have to like yeah get out. like so everyone so they had painted something and more or less there was a blank spot like he told me this story like pretty recently but i can't remember it completely but there was a blank spot on the floor where there wasn't paint and they were going to finish it the next day like so my dad finishes he all the and also this is in the jail so everything has to be accounted for where the people are where the brushes are where the paint is like everything in this place needs to be accounted for completely like and there's cameras like there's there's cameras everywhere like you cannot like do something shady here cuz it's jail so sure. he leaves the room walks it and the next day they come back to the room and there's a footprint there's a footprint on the ground and like there no one saw anything on the cameras nothing went off there was nothing like that like but there was like there was a very clear footprint that went nowhere and just stopped and just that was it there was just a footprint on the floor and they couldn't they literally couldn't explain it they were just like we don't know how someone got in here we don't know where this came from like we don't know anything about it so yeah and again okay now it was a, they said it was at one of the jail shoes it was like one of the like like um i guess it was like one of the shoes an inmate would have had so there was no oh, way that okay. it, so they could tell from they the could tell print. so there was no way that it would have been a deputy there's no way that it would have been and there's cameras in there so like yeah there was no way anyone could have gotten in there and i guess the cameras probably didn't have the floor no like could you see no the floor? but you could you would, would have been able to see like if, or hear like you would have gotten a motion sensor if anyone had gone into that room when they didn't so yeah so wow. that's another um, anyway so that's another spooky jail story that's weird, though, right? Like, and that was right before yeah, he retired. He's retired now. He just recently retired. I think they did. They did check the camera. I think they did. I can't remember. I'll, I'll, I'll follow up with you guys because I just remember this story. I'll follow up with my dad and ask him about that story because, um, yeah, I just remembered that he had told me that a while ago, and I was like, oh, that is. I need to tell that story on here because it's so weird. Yeah. And then he's got other weird stories about the jail. Like, it's a creepy place. Well, that's the thing, Wizard D, is it couldn't have been someone because they literally, the the inmates aren't let out. So it was an inmate shoe. Yeah, they would just be able to get out. Like, and my dad locked the door. Like, and if it was an inmate shoe, like, there's, and the, there's no way, like, to have gotten, like, for for an inmate to have unlocked a door to get in there, more or less. Well, that's such a small, silly thing. Thing. Yeah, that's I think what's creepy about it is it's just like such a small thing. Yeah, it's not like something's broken. It's just a little footprint. It's just like, a footprint. Yeah, and just one. Like there wasn't more. It was just one. So I don't know. I don't remember. It, don't like that. It might have been paint. I don't know. Or might have been water. I don't know. I'll I'll ask him once I rem- I'll ask him next time I talk to him. But he told me this story a while ago, and anyway, I thought it'd be fun to tell. So whether or not it's fact or fiction. We don't know, but a similar event that did remains, occur. That remains unseen. I don't think it could have been a guard because, like, that's just, I don't know. People don't fuck with each other in the jail. Like, that's just not something they do. Like, it's not, like, it's not a fun place. Like, it's not Orange is the New Black. No, it's not like, like, they don't, like, they don't do things like that. They don't play pranks. Like, it's not common. It's just not. Like, they, like, I can't, from my dad working there for, like, 20 years or 15 years, like, I cannot imagine someone being like, ha-ha, let's, like, mess with them. Especially after they lock the doors at the end of the day, like, they're just gonna go home. Like, they're not yeah. gonna open up the doors again to an empty room. But I, if I remember, my dad will tell me, it might have even been a cell that they were painting. 
Like I, it might, I think it was, it might've even been a sell, but I have to ask him to confirm, but I'll, I'll confirm. Yeah, please do. I mean, I believe it. I just think it's, it's, it's very scary because it's just so minor. It's just like a little thing. Yeah. Like if, I don't know, the, that's what scares me most about ghost stories is when it's little things, like the little things yeah. build up after a while. And I feel like that's, that's like, it's like the creepy. creepy happy birthday thing with my grandpa, that story. Yeah. Like I it's hate that. A- so it's just a little thing that was just like, nope, 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 nope. Ugh. I mean, God, if it was an escaped prisoner living in the ceiling, like, more power to them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they just put their foot down and yeah, did one Yeah, that's also print. just as creepy, though. Ghost or literal, like, ceiling gremlin person. <laughs> like, also scary. <laughs> also scary. Yeah. But yeah, jails are sp- really spooky. And I feel like that jail in particular is really spooky because Los Angeles has such a problem with homelessness and with domestic violence and drug dealers and just a whole a whole mess of things so spooky 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 very spooky um very oh scary. the birthday story i'll tell the birthday story really quick um yeah so uh it was like a few months after my grandpa died and i was going through his house with one of his friends um and uh i found one of those old 80s uh, tape recorders you know the ones with little tapes <gasps> one of those little like oh i hate yeah, that the little tiny tapes in it and yeah, I hate um, this story. Uh, so I was just like, we were going through it. And this was, thing was old. Like, it's and it still had batteries in it, I guess. And it worked. So um, I was standing there with his friend. And I pushed the button to play this uh, tape. And this little, little starts playing. It's my grandpa playing the guitar. He would just, like, toot around on the guitar for fun sometimes. And so it was just him playing the guitar. And it was literally a day after my birthday um, had happened. And the tape stops. And it just goes... Happy birthday. It's my grandpa's voice. Just saying happy birthday. By the way, I've never listened to it again. Like, I just can't. I can't I, do yeah, it. I would not. I can't. Because you know you'd listen no. to it and it wouldn't be there. Well, then, then it gets more messed up because later when I was moving out of LA, I found the tape recorder again and I had never taken the batteries out and there were no batteries in it. There were no batteries in the tape recorder. I think we should try to listen to it, though, if you have. Yeah, I have it somewhere. But whenever, like, you visit or something, I'm gonna, you do it. I'm too spooked out. Like, I can't. I put all that stuff in the attic, and I was like, it's gone. <laughs> not gonna look at <laughs> it. It's gone. It's gone. Can't see it. It doesn't exist. Yeah. So, and that can be, obviously, if you want to be skeptical about it, that's obviously can be written off as a coincidence. But mm, my grandpa's, my grandpa's friend and I were just like, time to go. <laughs> and then, like, we both just <laughs> Time left. to leave. But yeah, so that's a really interesting story. I have a few other interesting stories like that, but we'll just save them. Uh, I, I'm glad I remembered the jail one though, because I had always I had been meaning to tell that one. I had forgotten it until now. I'll have to think. Of, I have to think about some more of my stories that I haven't shared, and I'll, pr- I'll prepare some and stuff I've heard from people because yeah. I've heard some scary stuff, especially around here. Oh my god, I'm sure. Know. Well, it's like the one I, yeah. I told you, the one I heard from my dad, where his like painting friend at the hospital, like his coworker, who was just a construction worker, was like, yeah, my dad invented something that was floating, and people came and took it away. Ah! And, like, they never <laughs> talked about it again. And I was like, uh, what? Like, and this was just like, why would he tell that story? What does he have to lose? Like, they're just, they're, they have nothing to lose. Like, crazy stories. I don't know. I hate that. I hate it. And it's, I believe it 100%, because the government would confiscate it and be like, no, no. Exactly. But... He has great supernatural stories. And uh, like I said, he's not lying. Like, he's telling the truth. He does think he saw Jesus in Mr. Club Dad. I love that. <laughs> that is my favorite. Oh, man. I want to make him a t-shirt that says, 
I saw Jesus in a strip club bathroom. I guarantee you that he forgot has forgotten about that <laughs> maybe i'll ask him that at the same time that i ask him about the the footprint in the jail because <laughs> it was just it was probably just like a guy who looks like it was jesus, just a guy who looks like jesus I i'm sure it. but he was probably just so blazed that he was like that's jesus it's real and my dad like fancies himself like a strict christian but he's like not but he thinks he is and he thinks that he's going to heaven to surf on a wave of chocolate cake which is what he told me word for word is going to happen when he dies wow <laughs> he's got some big dreams he's got some big dreams he's just gonna surf surf and eat chocolate cake on a wave of chocolate cake i respect that yeah he's got he's got it laid out like what he yeah. wants i think when he dies like one day i'll just commission him like a beautiful oil painting of him just surfing on a wave of chocolate cake be like that's you my could dad. put it on his gravestone <laughs> i saw a gravestone the other day that had a guy in front of his like 18 wheeler and it just said keep on trucking and i was like do it yes yeah. you do you buddy yeah take care of yourselves now and in the afterlife for sure. Um, and on that note, with a bit of existential dread to <laughs> to give you a, a little a little hit of fear, we will p- part our ways. Um, yeah, we're gonna we want to make patches of the new Spooky Saturday logo. We actually we're working on vests so that we can have like vests we wear during the show, and yes. then we can have a uh, like a uh, Spooky Scout patches. So we can have patches that have like leggies, leggy, leg- boy. leggy boy, like just um, just a bunch of fun things. So yeah, that's someone was suggesting we should make uh, spooky Saturday mugs. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that we would could look have good mugs. On a mug, that we could drink out would. of them. That would, oh, and we yes for every every episode. It'd be cool. I would love it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're gonna work on we're gonna work on that coming up. So it'll be really fun. Yay! Yay. But yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. Take care of yourselves. Uh, don't uh get abducted by aliens or attacked by ghosts. Or see Jesus or in a strip club bathroom. Or do. Depends on <laughs> depends on what kind of day you want to have. And also, yes, I know we talked about a lot of mushroomy things today. Also, don't do drugs. Be safe. Yes. Talk to your doctors. Take your pills. Just saying mm-hmm. that. You just gotta and make sure. Drink lots of and water. And drink lots of water. <laughs> don't do things don't do things that your that your grandma would be ashamed of. <laughs> Think of your grandmother. Think of your grandmother. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for Spooky Saturday. I'm Kayla Klein, and you can find me at KaylaKlein.com or on social media as at K-A-Y-N-C-L-I. And I'm Holly Conrad, and you can find me on social media as at Holly Conrad or at Commander Holly. And you can find our clothing store at TrashCoven.com. We hope you enjoyed learning and speculating with us tonight. If you want to find out more about Spooky Saturday and becoming a Spooky Scout, you can find links to our social media, Discord, and more at SpookySaturday.com. Spooky Saturday airs live every Saturday on twitch.tv slash hollyconrad at 3 p.m. Pacific.